0: And let's go with Chapter One and verse eighteen. He is the head of the body of the congregation. He exists the head and the firstborn from among the dead that would be before all he desired for all fulfillment to reside in him and to be shepherding everything by his hand himself and by his hand tranquility by the blood of his cross if on the land and if in heaven so who is the head of the body of the congregation it would be Jesus himself He is the head of the body of the congregation. Now, is it the idea of Jesus? I mean, dare I say that? (laughs) Or is it Christ himself that's the head? Well, Christ is the head of the body of the congregation. So the congregation would be, in essence, the assembly of his body you know, if you want to know, you know, we've, we've, you know, in the scriptures, you can see clearly that the church is his body. He is the head of his church. He is the, he is the head. Your head, okay, is the part of you that speaks. It is the part of you that thinks and makes decisions. Okay, so let's kind of ponder this for a minute. So, If Christ himself is the head of his body, he is the one who makes the decisions of his body. He is the one who speaks. He is the one by which we hear. So we hear what the Spirit says. He is the one who is in charge. Okay, that's a good thing to know. Why is that? Well, people sometimes have a loss of direction. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They don't even know who to listen to. Is that not the case? I mean, we see this everywhere. People are very uh, confused about a great many things. When you find... Yourself in that position, you may have lost um, connection with the head. The head is Christ because he is the head of the body. You are the body. You're not like part of a church system that makes you part of the body. You went to membership class, you're part of the body. That's not in the Bible. That is all made up stuff. Okay. That's just, that makes us feel good about ourselves. Okay. And Christ isn't about you doing trivial things to make you feel good about yourself. He already loves you fully. You don't need that. That's the whole point. You don't need that. You don't need that extra stuff. It's okay. You're good. Okay. Now, when a person is pondering decisions in their life, always listen to Christ. Now, where is Christ? Well, he's in me. (laughs) People are like, I should listen to Christ. Well, where did he go? I don't know. He's in you already. So sometimes, you know, what we need to do is be quiet, keep our, you know, we have our own soul. It's a busy little, busy little soul that likes to do its thing, come up with solutions, come up with that ideas. And it's true. I mean, I know that this is a thing currently, you know, and whenever anybody hears this, but there's a current thing now where people just kind of rattle off ideas and then they say, the Lord told me this. And okay, maybe. You know, but if you know, the Lord didn't tell you that and you just thought this is a good idea, don't definitely don't say the Lord told me because that wasn't the Lord that told you that was just an idea you had. And, and what if you had an idea? It could have come from the Lord, but just present it the way you got it. You know what I'm saying? Present it the way you got it. Um, you know, even in, in the gospel of Luke, you know, when he was saying, hey, Theophilus, it seems good to me that I write to you this book about Jesus. He didn't, I mean, he didn't even say I've, I had an angel or whatever. He just had to seem good to me. So in other words, Christ is in you. He is already in you. It's not like it's coming from out there somewhere. It's coming from inside. So when we're needing direction and we're needing, and we have thoughts in our mind and things like that, remember, remember that you're connected to the head. Just remember that part. That's like a recollective thought. I remember he is the head of the body. I'm in the body, so my head is actually Christ. Christ is, is my head. He. So when I think of where my head is, I'm like, well, my head is Christ because he's the head of the body. That seems pretty simple. So now I need direction. Okay, head, <laughs> which is the direction? And now we come into that place of rest in our own spirit where we say, okay, Lord, I trust that you are directing me because you are my head. So how do people get disconnected? You know, people get disconnected many different ways. Usually you get disconnected by by accepting a counterfeit. And there is a counterfeit. There's many counterfeits out there. Um, you put your um, life under the uh, authority of a man. You now have submitted yourself to, to a man's leadership instead of to Christ. Don't do that. That's how people get disconnected. So he exists, he's the head and the firstborn from among the dead that would be before all. See, think about it like this. Christ exists as the head and the firstborn from among the dead that would be before all. So he's the very first one to do this. So he is the firstborn from among the dead. So in Adam, the Bible says, all die. So they're all dead. Everybody died. (laughs) It's a terrible situation and God knew it. But in Christ, all are made alive. So when you were born into this world, you were born into a world that is filled with sin. And that sin affects you immediately. So in Adam, you died. But in Christ, all, and that is not say only the ones that are selected. It actually says all. In other words, there is no like person that comes to Christ and says, you know, Jesus, can you, can you take care of this? And you'd be like, let me look at my Rolodex and see if your name is in there. Your name is in there because it says all, you know, if you ever go on Facebook and you get on these groups and now they have a new thing, it says at everyone. If you type at everyone, it sends the message to everyone. Everyone's going to get a notification now. Thanks. (laughs) There's 500,000 people in this group. You just put at everyone. You know that might be an option they might want to turn off but when it says all it means everyone who is born everyone who was born in christ all are made alive in adam all die okay and i would like to look at that up let's look at that real quick because i want i want you to look at it too i don't want to just say okay yeah Jamin, i know that but let's look at it okay so we have an in him. You ever remember, Brother Hagen? In him. Look up all the in him scriptures. In Christ. In whom? Do you, you ever notice that that's in? Where'd we go? We went in. Because where are we? We're in. What are we in? We're in Christ. Who's in us? Christ is in me, and I'm in Christ. This is an ancient thing that has been spoken throughout the centuries. The, the saints of old, and this, and now it's coming back in again. I am in him and he is in me. I am not separated from Christ. I am in Christ. So 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Actually, let's go, let's go up a little further. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 18. And this is good. This is good. I mean, I mean, it's so simple. We forget sometimes. But it's okay. Rem- that's why we have the Holy Spirit. He reminds us. She. She reminds us. Okay. First Corinthians 15, 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Okay? So let me look at this in Aramaic. I'm gonna show it to you in the in another, you know, this is the original, first Corinthians, okay, fifteen. And we'll look at eighteen. it says this for well first of all let's look at 16 for if the dead never rise not even the Messiah rose and if the Messiah never rose your faith it is inactivated and you are yet in your sins even those sleeping soundly long ago in the Messiah they would have disappeared they abaddon they would have disappeared but they haven't disappeared <laughs> That's the whole point of that scripture. If those who slept soundly, in other words, if those who died long ago in the Messiah, they would have disappeared. There would there would be no existence. They would go. Abaddon means it's like you never existed. It's completely gone. And what we're seeing here is that the dead rise. If the dead rise, then that means that they are not lost. But if the dead don't rise and they're gone, they're lost. And, and if you look, people will say that if somebody dies, oh, we lost them. Well, where'd they go? I don't know. They're lost now. We don't know where they are. Never to return, right? Abaddon. That's in direct contradiction to the gospel. <laughs> you say, oh, we lost them. <clears throat> well, do you not believe in the gospel, right? For if the dead never rise, not even the Messiah rose. That's what it says. If the dead never rise, then you don't believe in Christ. That's what he's saying. He's saying you're, you're not a believer. If you believe that the dead never rise, you're not you're an unbeliever, because you would believe that the Messiah, the Messiah didn't rise. Okay, but if the Messiah, and if the Messiah never rose, your faith it is inactivated. That's why it's saying you you have no faith. You're you're an unbeliever, and you are yet in your sins. That means you don't believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses you either, right? And that even those sleeping soundly long ago in the Messiah they have disappeared, Abaddon. You see, so you see that that mentality. You see what he's explaining. He's saying he's saying first of all, if you believe this. Look at the repercussions of what this belief is, is saying to you if you believe that there's no resurrection, okay? And, if, and so again, flip it, if you do believe in the resurrection, then all those things are opposite. <laughs> no one is lost and nobody technically dies. There is no such thing as that in Christ. Remember what the Bible says, you've already died. When you came in Christ, you died, the old man died. You're not trying to kill the old man. I gotta kill the old man every day, I gotta kill him. No, you don't. In Christ, that old man has already died. You've been raised with Christ. So so look at the rest of it here. So he kind of gets this little bit of a negative here, but I want you to notice that he talks about people, and I'll go back to the NIV here. He talks about people Verse 16, if the dead are not raised and Christ hasn't been raised, and if Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is futile, you're still in your sins, and those who are fallen asleep in Christ are lost. So because he says that, that means the opposites true. (laughs) That means that those in Christ are not lost. Okay, but he wants to emphasize this, the Spirit through the Apostle Paul is emphasizing this fact, why? He wants us to know that nobody gets lost. There is nobody missing. There like, where did they go? God, there was a person here. They're not here anymore. Where'd they go? They're lost. No, they are not lost. If our hope is only in these alive in the Messiah, we are more miserable than all the children of men. In other words, if you don't believe in the resurrection, you know, remember the Sadducees? They didn't believe in the resurrection. And the joke was, they're sad, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Sadducees. Anyway, that's an old Bible. That's an old Bible dad joke. <laughs> we have Bible dad jokes now. If you're if you're a, a dad and you read the Bible, you have Bible dad jokes. Okay. Now the Messiah rose from among the dead and was the first fruit of the sound sleepers. So we got these sound sleepers. That's what they that's what it calls them. When a person Is no longer in their body and their body is in the ground the scripture calls that a a sound sleeper a sound sleeper do you know any sound sleepers i do i know a few of them i do i know some sound sleepers okay some are not asleep and some won't go to sleep but some many have are sleeping okay But Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, rose from among the dead and is the first fruit of the sound sleepers. So here's all the sound sleepers, and there's a lot of them. I actually went on to ChatGPT a couple days ago, and I was trying to get ChatGPT to give me the number of people on the earth between the time of, of, of the garden and the time of the flood. So I was doing math with chat GPT, trying to figure out like, okay, if we start with two and there's no other people and you have a thousand years, what's the number of people at the end of the thousand years? And then I'm like, oh my goodness, they live till eight, eight nine hundred years. So now how many children can they have? I mean, can they have children for a hundred years? What if they can have children for 500 years? How many children would they have? I mean, they could have, I mean... How many years, like, you could have a child, you know, every few years even for 500 years. How many children did you just have? Now, they're also having children, and the childbearing age starts at 20, and they live 500. So I'm trying to get the math right for ChatGPT, and boy, did ChatGPT screw it up big time. They're like, after 1,000 years, and this is what ChatGPT told me. If you started with two, there will be four people. (laughs) I laugh so hard. I'm like, ChatGPT, you're an idiot. So, (laughs) so... Anyway, it's definitely not four people, but I was trying to figure out how many people died in the flood. That was my whole point. I'm like, how many people lived here and were in the flood? Because anyway, that's a side story. But those are sound sleepers. So my point was, is that when they're raised, there's a lot of people at the same time on the earth. There's a lot of people at the same time on the earth. So I think one of the numbers they got was like 40,000 or 50,000. I'm like, I think it's higher than that during the flood. And it's because of their length of days. They were killing people a lot too, which means there had to have been enough people to kill. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, cause think about it like this. If there was 40,000 people and there was murder everywhere on the earth and it was just a terrible place, there would be zero people on the earth in no time at all. So I don't think it was 40. I think it was higher than that. But anyway, chat GPT was no help, so. It can be helpful for some things, but it was not. And you guys know what that is, right? It's AI, the AI thing that you ask questions and stuff. So anyway, so the Messiah rose from among the dead. He's the first fruit of the sound sleepers. And we know that anyone who's not here right now and was here is a sound sleeper. Since death happened by a human, thus also life is given to the dead by a human. Makes sense. Death came through a human. So life comes through a human. You see, that's how that works. It's it is it is the reciprocal. Okay. For since, and this is a really important part here, all the children of men died by Adam, thus all live by the Messiah. Did you do anything to be in Adam? No. Is there something you're supposed to do to be in the Messiah? No, you are already in the Messiah. Well, then why do we have confession? Why do we have scriptures? Why do we have... Well, that is your opportunity to participate in that experience, right? Each man in his order. The Messiah was the first fruit. After that, those of the Messiah, they are with his coming. Okay, this is the Aramaic again. After that, those of the Messiah, they are with his coming. Then will be the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he inactivates any head and any authority and any powerful one. Okay, so we are seeing in time a process. You guys know everything in creation is a process. I'd be like, I planted a seed. Where's my tree? Well, it takes time for the tree to grow. Okay? Okay. I planted the sleeping one. Where is the resurrection? It happens in the course of time. Will we see a resurrection? Yes. How do we know? Well, we've already seen the first fruits of the resurrection. We've already seen the Messiah. He's already raised. Now, those that come after him are raised after him. Have people been raised from the dead? Yes. Have we seen an ever-living one? Some people have seen an ever-living one. And you know what? This is a mystery that most people don't even realize this there are ever living ones what's an ever living one an ever living one is a person that was raised that never died but you know what ever living ones are not going to be running around telling everybody here i am that's not how this thing works you know we in this nature of sin this is another place this is another <laughs> this is another area of of creation that you engage in by the spirit you're not, you're not going to see this happening all the time. People are like, eh, just trust me on this. This is how this works, okay? We have ever-living ones. Some people believe the Apostle John is an ever-living one. The Apostle John, they believe they, they never really were able to kill him. They tried to, but they couldn't. It was very difficult to kill John. And believe me, the Romans were very good at killing people, but they couldn't kill John. That tells you something. They actually, they actually had to send him onto an island. He was giving them such a hard time because they, they kept trying to kill him, but he wouldn't die. What kind of, what are we dealing with here? This is life and resurrection. Jesus, listen, this is no different than Jesus. Jesus told everyone, he goes, look, no man takes my life. It is literally impossible to kill Jesus. Impossible. Jesus became obedient to death so that he could be raised, so that we would be raised. That's the whole point of that. Okay, so you have to understand this interaction with death, you know, and the church's fascination with death and covenant with death is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Jesus came for life and immortality, for resurrection. The spirit of the bride say come into heaven doesn't mean you're supposed to die. It means come into heaven now. You've been invited into a place in him. Now, what about the body? Well, the body gets resurrected, you see, but you are already in him. You're already in him. So, for since the chil- since all the children of men died by Adam, thus also, all live by the Messiah. This is a really key scripture here, guys, because I don't think this is taught that way in a lot of places. I think in a lot of places, it's taught with an if. There's an if in there, but there's no if. There's a sense. <laughs> For sense, all the children of men died by Adam, Thus also all live by the Messiah. What Christ did, he did for all. It's there. This idea that you have to go do something to get it is not what that scripture says. You know, the Bible says, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Future tense. It's not future tense. He already saved you. When you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you are participating in the finished work of of Christ. There isn't a person he left out. The only reason people are left out is that they either, A, don't know that they're in, or B, just didn't want it. And so where are they? And they're only out in their own head. They're actually not out. They still are in. He didn't leave anybody out. There is no cuz this is the thing i think that you have to watch out for you know sometimes people don't want to come and sit and discuss scriptures you know because they feel like they're out they're outside of god and if i come in this is like a group of people that are in the in with god you know and i'm not you know maybe they maybe they live in the world still maybe they do things that are worldly that the church would be like hey that's you know that's not cool well they're not comfortable discussing you know, and how would they know this? How would they know that they're in Christ? You know, so we do these, we create these divisions and, and it keeps people from understanding the truth of where we are in Christ. Let me look at it in the NIV again. For, in verse 22, in the NIV it says, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ. And this says all will, okay? But in the Aramaic it doesn't say will. It says also all live by the Messiah. You not, you don't, there's no will in there. This is, a mis- this is a misinterpretation, guys. This is not a future live. You live by the Messiah. You die by Adam. You live by the Messiah. This has already happened. So if you're born into Adam, under Adam, there's that process, and then the body dies. But in Christ, there's that process, and then the body lives. You see what I'm saying? So, But you already have it in you because he's the first fruit. So if there's fruit, then there is growth. If there's fruit, then there's growth. So let's go back to my original, which was in Colossians, okay? Because I just wanted to point out the fact that all, all are alive in Christ. Everybody. <laughs> there's nobody that's not. It's like, what about that guy over there? Is he in Christ? Yes, he is. But he's not living like he's in Christ. Well, that is actually the issue right there, isn't it? The issue isn't that Christ didn't save him. The issue is that he's not part participating in that, in that salvation. He hasn't repented metanoia he had not changed his mind so if there's no metanoia if there's no changing of your mind you're still living in your sin why are you living in your sin in your head you are but Christ has already redeemed you so somebody needs to tell you that we call this preaching (laughs) hey Christ has redeemed you he doesn't hold your sins against you what what do you mean I thought he did no he didn't he's taken your sins in his own body and he has taken the the punishment that you felt you needed for your sins, he took it on himself so that you would be redeemed. He took that punishment that, God, that you say, God needs to punish me now. He took it on you, your condemnation, your guilt, all of that, he took on himself. So look at this. He is the head. Remember, Christ is the head, not man. Man is not the head. Christ is the head. When you're looking for direction for your life, Christ is the head. He's your head. Now, you say, I want a scripture for that. I mean, I want a scripture for the direction for my life. Well, you can always start with Christ, because he's the head. Let me look at this. So it says here, I'm going to look real quick here. Colossians 1. And it says this. He exists the head, verse 18, Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body of the congregation. He exists the head and the firstborn from among the dead that would be before all. So how do do I encounter this, Jamin? How do I encounter this scripture? Well, first of all, recognize it. Recognizing Christ as the head. So all of the efforts that you want to put in to become a better Christian, realize that you don't do efforts to become a better human You are a human. (laughs) You don't have to put effort in to become a better Christian when you just, the whole point is, is just coming to the conclusion that you are already in him and he is the head. So when things get squirrely, as we like to say, that's an, an expression, squirrely or confused, then realize that that confusion is coming from a disconnection to the head, the head of the body, the congregation usually what would happen is we would put something else in its place. If you put something else in the place of the head, you end up with issues. So he desired for all fulfillment to reside in him and to be shepherding everything by his hand himself. And by his hand, tranquility by the blood of his cross, if on the land and if in heaven. So in other words, what he did covered both the earth and the heavens. Also from earlier, you were a foreigner and a whispering enemy in your rumination, because of your rotten deeds. What did I just say? If your mind is not connected with the fact that you're in Christ, your ruminations, okay, are rotten. When your ruminations are, are rotten, then you are, the, and, you, and the whispering enemy is the enemy, you know, the, the whispering enemy is Satan, and you're a foreigner to these concepts because you've connected in your ruminations, in your mind, rotten things because you connected with instead the enemy, the whispering enemy, and what is he a whispering enemy? Of the cross, of of God. But now you have tranquility in the body of his flesh and in his death that you would stand before his holy ones without blemish and without charges. So now that we see ourselves in Christ, we no longer see ourselves with blemishes. Is that the rumination we should have? Some people would say, no, you should see yourself as a sinner. I would say, no, you should see yourself in Christ. There is no blemishes in Christ. There is no, there is no, um, because, because the other thing is, is that anytime you see someone teaching that you have blemishes in Christ that you have to, there's no blemishes in Christ, so that you have blemishes that you need to fix, they always have some system that you have to be a part of that they created or some offering or something that you give to get free. And even if you look at um all ancient civilizations, that's all they ever did. I mean, why why did they have human sacrifice? Well, human sacrifice was the price they had to pay to their gods so that the gods wouldn't destroy them because they were so wicked. They thought they were wicked, so they had to sacrifice so that they could have some relief from the the results of all their wickedness. And so they would engage in human sacrifice. It's a terrible thing. It's kind of like the apex of all Terribleness, right? Is murder, right? So, this is what they did. But they saw themselves as unacceptable. And their ruminations were ruminations of rotten things. But not anymore, because now we have tranquility. We have peace with Christ in his body. He made peace in his flesh and in his death that we can stand before the whole, his holy ones, him, without any blemish. There's no charges without charges. I like that, you know. Have you ever been somewhere and they're bringing charges against you? That's not fun. You did this and you did that, the accuser of the brethren. You know, and the scripture says, well, if you did, you did. Say, okay, I did, but Jesus' blood cleansed me from unrighteousness, you know. You don't deny it. That would be lying. You'd be like, well, if you did it, then you'd be like, well, yeah, I did do that. But Jesus' blood cleanses me from unrighteousness. There's no charge laid against me. He's he's cleansed me. I'm now in him. You see? That's how you do it. That's a really simple way to do it. Not sitting there trying to go back and forth, you know, because who can lay a charge against you? As you stay in your faith, if your foundation is solid and you're not shaken from the hope of the gospel you heard, it is heralded in all creation that is under heaven, okay? So just something to think about today. You know, who is our head? It's Christ. Christ is the head of his body. Who else would be the head of the body? is I'm, you know, heaven's not the head of my body. I have my own head. <laughs> Same with Christ. If you're in Christ, he is your head, not anything else. And you've been raised with him. You're raised with Christ now. So when we're looking for things where our, our soul is pondering, our soul is r- wrestling with different concepts and different ideas. And we say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to, because it says here you have tranquility, you have peace with God. I'm going to rest in the peace that I have with Yahweh through Yeshua. So I'm going to rest in that peace today. The direction and the things that I need in my life, my soul is going to be reminded on this rumination of Christ. He is my head. <coughs> he leads, he directs, he guides, he speaks into my life. And so now, Saul, come into that rest. Okay? And now all this other stuff that's going on around me is now going to come into subjection to the peace of God. And now I no longer have to strive to enter in, to work my way up into him because I am recognizing that Christ is my head because I am his body. And as part of his body, he has full control over his body, (laughs) just like you have full control over your body. And because of that, I am going to be moved and led by him and not by other things. Okay, so that's it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for Christ in us, that we're in you and you're in us, and that we're one spirit with the Lord. So we just rest in you today. We rest in all that you've given us. Thank you for our oneness, our union with you, that all all senses of separation, divisions, have been completely obliterated because of what Christ has done in us. And now we sit in our seat of rest in Him, fully complete in Christ. There's nothing missing in us because He has raised us with Him and we are now complete in Him. And we just thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.